When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning, it is JP with you on till one o'clock with Cork Today in for Patricia this week for the midterm. Hope you're keeping well and you had a good jazz weekend. As I said to Ken earlier on the breakfast show, uh, big crowds in Cork for the jazz, over 50,000, uh, they reckon, descended on Cork City, uh, enjoying the jazz festival and indeed the fringe jazz events that took place outside of Cork City in the likes of Kinsale and other venues. So well done to one involved and good to see uh, plenty and plenty of huge crowds again along along the city streets and if you were jazzing I hope you did enjoy the weekend or whatever you get up to as we head into another week of Cork Today our lines are open Bernie takes your calls 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 ahead on this morning's programme uh, we're going to hear from Ireland's South MEP Billy Kelleher he's concerned that Irish banks are taking too long with the mortgage switching process as another interest rate hike was announced last week, by the time people are approved for switching their mortgage, the rates have gone up. So when they go to their new bank, sometimes when they switched, they have saved little or nothing. A lot of hassle to switch. You must go back to your solicitor and it's like more or less starting again and drawing down a new mortgage. So while you have all the work to do and initially you think you might save 100, 200, 300 euros a month because of the hikes we are seeing over the last number of months, people realize that when they do switch after all the work they put in and you could be doing this for a month or more uh, they, you only get the rate when you're drawing down your new mortgage so they haven't saved that much in the end so why are Irish banks taking so long in the switching process and it's turning people off switching uh, we'll be speaking with uh, Ireland South MEP Billy Gallagher shortly on the programme with regards to that and if you yourself have been in that situation whereby you were doing good trying to save yourself money uh, and then you realised when all the work you put in you didn't save yourself that much money let us know 0818 103 103 our lines are open you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 also traffic levels in Cork well they seem to be increasing more and more people in gridlock uh, across the city streets a lot of people will say it's to do with the changes they made over the last uh, month or so or two months at this stage in the city centre that's leading now to new areas of the city getting blocked up uh, but also outside of Cork City then 
Ennis Shannon being deemed the new McCroom as there is long queues in the day, uh, in the mornings, in the evenings due to people commuting uh, from West Cork to the city and indeed other areas as well. The gridlock in Ennis Shannon, it was raised in the Doyle last week by Social Democrats Deputy Holly Carnes and she'll join us this morning on if ever a bypass will go ahead for Ennis Shannon. And we're going to hear about Ireland's Bat Hospital. It's based in Brewery. We'll hear about that later. And one Cork doctor feels that the series of lockdowns we had over the past two and a half years has led to some in society losing their confidence. We'll speak with the Blackpool-based GP, Dr John Sheehan, later in the programme. And staying on that theme, we're going to hear about social prescribers. Our show councillor, Joe Heffernan, will join us after 12.30 and we'll hear more indeed of what these are about. And that and more to come. And your views are welcome if there's something you want to raise on the show this morning or indeed if there's something we're discussing you want to comment on, you can call us 0818 or text or WhatsApp 0862 But this morning in the Irish Daily Mail, a reports that people who burn excessive amounts of turf could face two years in jail under new regulations that, that came into force yesterday. So we know the laws about the banning of turf that came in yesterday, but it seems now local authorities will be tasked with ensuring that those using turf to heat their homes are not creating a significant level of air pollution and causing a nuisance to their neighbours. Anyone who breaks this law, well, they risk either a two-year jail term or a €13,000 fine. Now, the smoky fuels ban, of course, which was introduced by the Green Party, it caused a major headache for the coalition earlier this year when this was spoken about. And a lot of backbenchers were not happy at this. And there was concerns for the future of the government, but they have gone ahead with this. And as I say, it's in force now from yesterday. But it will seem as this goes on that local authorities now that they will employ an individual. He'd be working for here, would be Cork City or Cork County Council. Uh, to access if turf or other prohibited fuel is being sold in the locality and if certain premises are emitting fuels that are causing air pollution then under the Air Pollution Act a person can be fined for well it can be fined over 13,000 as I said and in that imprisonment but the fact that they will now have someone uh, more or less checking if garages or shops are selling turf or selling items that are banned and indeed if people are burning excessive amounts of turf. Now what is considered excessive? I'm not sure but that is what has been reported this morning. Well on that on our news service earlier the junior minister Jack Chambers, he says the new laws for banning the sale of turf won't lead to any punishments for those who burn turf from their own lands. Uh, he said the new laws aren't aimed at people who cut and burn their own turf. Uh, but when you read into the Daily Mail, this really isn't saying that. It's saying for those who maybe have turf uh, that they bought off a turf person and it's not turf that they themselves had on their own lands. Uh, what happens in that situation? Well, uh, he as in Jack Chambers is going back uh, to that article he's saying the law mentioned in this article is in effect since 1987 and while it may be in effect uh, you'd wonder was it ever actually enforced well he spoke earlier to our news service this is what he said on that uh, front page story this morning Terribly rights and all other customary practices in respect of turf are unaffected by these regulations and people can continue to cut turf for their own use and what's affected is the sale of turf for example in, in retail premises I know in the inside of that article the air 
Revolution Act is referenced and that goes back to the late 1980s, for example, which has always been the case around the monitoring of air pollution in particular areas. But turby rights are protected and supported to give certainty to people that was announced earlier on. So he's more or less saying that it won't affect people while the article is saying that it will and that the local authority will have someone out and about checking if, well, if they're selling what is now illegal, uh, you could, wouldn't call it substances, but would, would call it burning fuels at this stage, or indeed if people are excessively burning turf and if it is causing hindrance to your neighbours there will be somebody seemingly uh, from the local authority policing this anyhow your views are welcome on this uh, you call Bernie 0818 103 103 or you can text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 we'll have more on that later in the show and also if I stay on issues to do with the climate uh, the Pope now is being looked at when it comes to climate issues because seemingly uh, there could be a huge reduction in greenhouse gas emissions if Catholics returned to the tradition of not eating meat on Fridays. Now, many people still do this. Some don't eat meat on Fridays. And if you look towards Lent and Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, a lot of people, and they may not be practicing Catholics, but they do uh, just for themselves, do not eat meat on Ash Wednesday or Good Friday. It's just something they they grew up with and they uh, continue that uh, tradition on themselves, even though they may not be uh, going to Mass on a weekly basis. But it seems that abstaining from meat on a Friday, uh, even though it was uh, from the Catholic Church and was something that was going on into the the mid-60s uh, when the rules on fasting were relaxed, researchers from Cambridge University have said that if this was done, it would save more than 55 tonnes of carbon a year, uh, equivalent to 82 thousand return flights between Dublin and New York if we all decided to drop the meat on Fridays. Would you be up for that? Would you go along? Maybe you do at the moment. Some people as I say still do so maybe you're one of those uh, who does not eat meat on a Friday. Let us know. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and the first of the three 200 euro electricity credits well they'll be paid directly uh, to people this month. They're coming in for us today and that will include those who bill pay and indeed the pay as you go customers at the credit well it will appear on your bills from the start of this month and into December depending on your uh, electricity cycle uh, with your supplier and these payments, they're automatic. So as we've discussed before in the programme, you don't have to apply for anything and they'll be deducted automatically from your electricity bill. Of course, the second and third payments then, uh, they'll be paid in January or February and again March and April, depending on your electricity cycle. But the first of those starting today. And also something while we're speaking about credits and energy credits for those uh, families out there, there's about 638 families seemingly who uh, will and do receive the child benefit well you'll be getting a double payment of the child benefit Uh, families will receive 280 euros this month instead of the usual 140 euro payment and this is all part of the measures announced in the budget it's one of the second of eight lump sum payments that was announced in the budget and also the feud allowance because many always contact us about the feud allowance Uh, the lump sum for the feud allowance of 400 euros uh, that will be paid in this month and that is going to be paid on the 14th of November so uh, some money being given back to 
people, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, lines open 0818 103 103, or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Can I just say a big congratulations to all the various towns and villages and all the tidy towns groups across Cork who won various awards, bronze, silvers and gold last Friday at the National Tidy Towns Competition. Well done to all the tidy towns do so much right across Cork and they really do improve the look of all our villages, our towns and indeed our island communities. And just an overall mention, first of all, uh, for the Island Award, the national winner was Bear Island. So well done to everybody on Bear Island. And the highly commended winner nationally was Shirkin Island in the Island Awards. And then uh, when it came to the Pollinator Plan, uh, the local authority award there, the All-Ireland one went to Cove. So well done to all in Cove. And Ireland's tidiest village that went to Ross Carberry. So I know there's big celebrations across the weekend in Ross and Ireland's tidiest small town went to Clonakilty, who always do well in the tidy town. So well done to Clon as well, who are celebrating, I'm sure. So, but overall, uh, Cork did very well uh, in various categories. The majority of towns receiving bronze, silver and gold. It's too many to go through, but uh, well done to all involved and to everybody involved in the tidy towns. Now, a lot of comments in on various issues. I'll get to those shortly, but one here uh, with a number of comments in from people in the Boherbui area, summed up by Mary who says, what is going on with water supply to Boherbui? We're without water for the last 12 days. Now, I am bringing Irish water twice daily, every day, and getting nowhere with them. So has anybody any uh, suggestions or advice on this? Asks Mary, and we have others as well. Well, we are, and we have contacted Irish Water uh, this morning, so hopefully we'll have a response on that. But I can tell you, Mary, over the last few days, we've got reports in regarding that as well, but we have checked in with Irish Water that last response we had from them and we will bring you an updated one when we get it but uh, there was leak detection works going on in Boherbui village and that was causing disruption to the village and indeed surrounding areas but uh, because of those works and if there is leaks there you'd be wondering are the leaks affecting then uh, other areas of Boherbui and is that why some people are left without water for over uh, well 10 days for some you're saying 12 uh, we are checking in with Irish water we'll bring you an update when we get that uh, but thank you for your text Mary on 0862103103 WhatsApp on the same number or you can call Bernie across the show 0818103103 On the way though as mortgage rates increase have you tried switching a mortgage and if you have how successful have you been because now uh, apart from emails we're receiving uh, MEPs are raising the issue that it's taking too long with the mortgage switching process we'll discuss that next Court today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 0818 103. Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher is concerned that Irish banks are taking too long with the mortgage switching process as another interest rate hike was announced last week. And MEP Billy Kelleher joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Billy. Good morning. Uh, Billy, I suppose, first of all, the central bank, does it need to begin or somebody needs to begin investigating the banks because there's only so long you can go when it comes to switching. So if the regulatory requirements, if they're not being met, is it up to the central bank at this stage to look into this? It certainly is. I mean, there is a code of conduct there and uh, there were some guidelines drafted some years ago whereby if a person was switching a mortgage from one bank to another, that it would be done in a timely manner. But clearly there is evidence now to suggest that uh, banks are delaying applications, uh, delaying assessing, delaying approving it. There's obfuscation, there's prevarication. So certainly this would indicate that 
banks are deliberately slowing the process uh, so that they are not tying themselves into um, a mortgage on a lower interest, knowing that there's an expectation to be an interest rate at some time in the future. But that is putting huge pressure on mortgage holders. It's unfair. Um, there should be, in my view, uh, an obligation to assess the application in a timely manner and approve or otherwise. But the idea that you string it out uh, to beyond uh, decisions of the European Central Bank raising interest rates, in my view, is uh, wholly inappropriate. And do you feel banks are doing this solely so they can get more money out of people? Well, I mean, certainly it would indicate that if there's a lot of people uh, contacting um, their mortgage um, advisors, politicians, the media reporters recently. Uh, many people have been on to me uh, because I've raised this issue on a number of occasions. Uh, so if something's happening out there, um, people feel that there is a delay in assessing their application. And that would indicate that, you know, banks aren't doing it. Either they're not uh, putting enough resources and personnel to assess the application, or there is just this deliberate approach of slowing uh, the assessment and the approval of, of mortgage switches. Well, you mentioned there that people have been contacted about this. We've got a number of emails across the weekend when I mentioned we were going to touch on this on the show last Friday. And the majority summed up by Paul are just frustration because they are leaving their own bank. And by the time the deal goes through for switching, the rate of the competing bank has gone up. And we saw only a rate change in the last two weeks. So in some cases, Paul says switching for them really wasn't worth it. They only saved in the end 40 euro, where initially it was due to be over 100 euro and as we're going to see more rate increases Billy this is something that will affect a lot more people uh, if banks are holding out which it seems according to Paul and others they are so what can be done I mean if the central bank goes in and investigates this uh, how can they speed up the process if the banks are going to use excuses uh, what they say is their own requirements that will take time to go through and process well, I think the central bank has to be very forceful. Look, the central bank at times uh, cotton wool the Irish banks. Let's be truthful. You know, over the years, uh, sometimes they do flex their muscle. But they are overall, you know, in charge of ensuring that banks uh, conduct themselves in, uh, in proper financial management, uh, but equally in terms of customer service. And they seem to forget that sometimes. Uh, so the Irish central bank needs to go in, needs to publish uh, guidelines, that says quite clearly that, that there's definitive timelines in terms of assessing and that if banks don't have the capacity, well, then they should uh, direct that more personnel work into the application process so that people can get through, uh, through the, the applications in a timely manner. Bearing in mind, you know, we have seen um, a number of uh, ECB interest rate rises. We saw one there two weeks ago of 0.75%. Uh, you know, that's a substantial increase in one go in a mortgage and you take the average 300,000 euro mortgage, well, then that is a significant increase. Now, if you were switching uh, a bank uh, and you had hoped to get in in advance of that interest rate rise, um, you know, you can see why banks aren't rushing out to approve applications. But it is definitely unfair and um, it is inherently um, wrong for the banks to be prevaricating and delaying intentionally um, to ensure that a person hasn't signed up uh, to an, a new mortgage in advance of an interest rate rise. And as you know, when you are switching, it's basically practically applying for a, a new mortgage. So there's a lot of legal work there with solicitors. Could the legal side of things be to blame, Billy, as well? Or do you think it's solely down to the banks? Because we do know, dealing with any legal system or solicitors, everything takes time. Yes, but in, in general, see, when you're switching a mortgage, you've already had a, had a house uh, purchased 
all of that uh, conveyancy work has been done. So you really are just transferring the, 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 the assets, but the asset has already been approved in terms of certifications from architects and engineers, uh, the original uh, contracts. So I don't think the process should be as drawn out as if it was purchasing a house in the first place to ensure that it was, you know, engineeringly sound and all of that. So I, I would be of the view that uh, banks just need to um, accept that they don't have enough personnel in place or that they're intentionally or lethargically going about their business uh, in a way that doesn't um, allow mortgages to be approved in a timely manner. Bearing in mind, it is switching. Uh, we encourage people to shop around and switch. And if, at the very least, a bank won't facilitate that, well, then the, Europe, or the European Central Bank uh, rate rises, come in month after month in a rolling process, and if banks are delaying that intentionally, that is fundamentally wrong. So what I'm saying is that Irish Central Bank and the Consumer Protection Unit in that needs to do it now, this week, and not wait for months until all the interest rate rises have washed through the system, because there'll probably be one in December uh, coming from the European uh, Central Bank, and then they will be reviewing their decisions uh, in, in January and February of 2023. And if we have still very high inflation, uh, you know, you, I would be concerned that there could be another number of rate hikes. Of course, that then has its own difficulties, not beyond mortgage holders, but it could push some economies into recession across Europe, which is another day's work uh, and discussion. But from this perspective, uh, Irish mortgage holders should not uh, be discouraged from shopping around, from switching to get the best value they can. And banks, in my view, should be obliged to facilitate that. And if they don't, the Irish Central Bank should step in. And as you mentioned, if there is going to be more hikes in the way, people will be looking at switching across 2023. Should banks give a timeline, Billy, do you think, that if you are switching and you do approach a bank, that they should say, yes, you know, we'll take you on as a customer, we, we will go with you for the mortgage, uh, but it will take two months to switch. Can a timeline, would, would that uh, sort things out in some way? Well, the guidelines should be published by the, uh, the Irish Central Bank and there should be a code of practice and conduct in, in those guidelines. And they certainly, if they can't be made mandatory, at least there should be a very definitive guidelines and timelines. And yes, I cannot see why it takes so long to approve a fairly standard switch of a mortgage from one lending institution that would have had all the compliance and paperwork already done when the original mortgage was drawn down, as I said, in terms of inspections mm. of the property, the asset assessment and all of that. So uh, I, I cannot see why it would take so long. So my, my view is that something is happening. A lot of people are contacting politicians, they're contacting the media, they've contacted you, and that would indicate that uh, there's more, something more than just some individuals feeling they've been uh, aggrieved. Yeah, well, it does. A lot of people are, are, are agreeing with you on this one. Lauren saying, I agree with this. We had switched our mortgage last month to a new bank, but between waiting for over two months, it's only last week it actually switched for us. And due to the rate increase, uh, we're now saving less than what we thought. We are still saving, uh, but we were hoping we would save more. So something needs to be done in the regulation of our banks when it comes to switching. That's from Lauren on text to 0862103103. Billy, we'll see if the central bank do intervene on this. 
as it, as we know if there's more rate increases, more will be switching for the moment. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Uh, that is Ireland South MEP Billy Callagher. Your views are welcome. Like Lauren, uh, are you in the process of switching and are you noticing that it's taking longer? And as Billy mentions, by the time you do switch, rates have gone up and you're not saving as much as you thought you would. Let us know. You can call us as well. Bernie taking those calls. 0818 103 103. Uh, but on the way, we're going to hear from one Cork doctor who feels due to the series of lockdowns we had over the past two and a half years, uh, this has led to some in society losing their confidence. We'll speak with a Blackpool-based Dr. John Sheehan next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 One Cork doctor has spoken out on how some GPs are referring elderly patients for counselling as many have side effects from staying indoors during the various lockdowns of the past two years. Dr. John Sheehan of Blackpool Bridge Surgery was speaking on the Echo and he joins me this morning. Good morning to you, John. Morning, John Paul. For those who did stay indoors for the last number of years with those various lockdowns, have they lost their confidence? Unfortunately, we've seen a good number who have because it was such um, a frightening time for them. They were terrified, one, that they were going to get the virus and that they were going to be sick or die. And then two, the other thing that we found is people were, were terrified that when they went out, that they would do something wrong, they wouldn't obey the guidelines, they wouldn't know what to do and things like that. So, 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 so people cocooned and they minded themselves and that was, a, you know, that was all well and proper. But now as, uh, as we've kind of come back out of pretty much COVID, just, I know there's still a bit around, but, but compared to the way it was in the pandemic and the restrictions, we found a lot of elderly people are just very reluctant to re-engage, that they're more nervous, they've kind of got used to sort of being in their own little bubble at home but they just find that they, that they don't return to the activities that they were doing, such as the men's sheds, the over-60s, the community groups, the walking groups, and all the normal activities that people might do. And a lot of that has to do with confidence. They just Some of them, unfortunately, have lost their confidence um, to, get, to get back to doing things again. And this is reflected in the attendance and the numbers at, at, at these community groups that they've all reported that the numbers attending are down. Now, they're slowly coming up. But for that generation, really, it has had a huge impact. And, it, and this is, unfortunately, the tail end that you're seeing the, sort of this impact continuing on, even though a lot of the restrictions are gone now. Um, and it has a huge uh, impact on their confidence. And I was speaking with people that are involved in those community groups you mentioned there. And many said to me over the last two or three months that they noticed people. And these would not be elderly people. You know, these are people in their 60s who were full of life before these lockdowns. Now they see them walking through their local town. Uh, they feel, you know, they're stooped down. They don't engage with other people. And many say they're just old before their time. Some of them are, unfortunately. Some of them have got back into it. But some people, unfortunately, have just, you, you, you physically have seen and their families have reported that they, they felt that they've aged considerably. And the fear is that you don't get those years back. So what we're encouraging people to do is we're encouraging them to start going out, you know, more if the weather allows, you know, to go to sort of low risk activities, activities that you're familiar with. Maybe go with some of your family member, but to try to regain that confidence to get back into doing things. It, it may not be all the things and all the groups that you were with before, but to get back doing some of them because it's so important. Confidence is one of those things. Once you lose it, it is quite hard to get it back. And it's, you know, all the evidence shows that partaking in things, being active is very good for not just our mental health, but our physical health um, as well. 
And is this something you have seen, I know we're mentioning people here of a certain age, but for all of society, have we all become in a way that if you're going out to meet somebody, you're thinking of calling to a friend you may not have seen for a while, are we losing interest? This is just too much effort for us to go out and meet people because we got used to staying inside for so long. Yeah, we, we certainly have. And I suppose we haven't got used to dressing up, John Paul, and going out. It's, it's kind of gone off our radar. Jazz weekend, great to see people out and just even walking around town and getting um, um, up the atmosphere. But it is all those activities that, you know, used to encourage us to go out, used to encourage us to go things. We've all kind of got out of the habit of doing things. And it's that engagement that is quite important for, 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 for our health. And the two groups, I think, particularly who were affected by the pandemic were the elderly and the older people and then young people, you know, the, the classes, all the normal social activities, the teenage discos, all of those, the sports, all of the activities that they had were just suddenly stopped. And I think they, they were the two groups, I think, who suffered most in the pandemic. And in some parts of the city, you know, we are lucky enough to have these social prescribers. Tell me about these, John. Yeah, so they're a new concept and they're being rolled out throughout, throughout the country. And the idea behind it is that you have, we'll all have come across patients, you know, who may want to do something but just can't kind of get themselves going to go to the walking group, to go to the knitting group, to go to the men's shed. And the idea behind a social prescriber is that if you have someone who may be a bit isolated, who may, you know, want to engage but just doesn't know what's out there or just needs that bit of encouragement, you can refer them to the social prescriber. The social prescriber will meet them, they'll have a chat with them, they'll see what their interests are, and then it may involve them going along to the first activity. It may along kind of guiding them. It may involve them sort of informing them what's out there and what sort of things might be there. But what it does, it gives someone that bit of encouragement that they may need to kind of get up and running. And like all of us, sometimes we sometimes need that. And then usually once you're going to something, it's much easier. So the idea behind it is is to combat some of that social isolation and to kind of get people more involved. And then also, as we, you know, as we discovered, there's more and more people moving around the country who may not be familiar with what's in their locality. And it's to, to sort of plug them into some of those resources that are, that, that are in their area. And why not all areas are lucky enough to have uh, these social prescribers, you know, for those where they're not in force. Just keep an eye on those people who may have always been out and about, may go to those local clubs, are not doing uh, as much as they used to. Just keep an eye on those in society and to encourage them to get back out or, as you say, uh, to seek help. Absolutely, yeah. And, 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 you know, the more we engage with things and the more we sort of, you know, look out for each other, the more we partake in things, yeah, you, you, that does uplift people, but it also normalizes a lot of the feelings that people had during the pandemic, such as that feeling of isolation, that feeling of being overwhelmed. And it's good for us to talk about that and to acknowledge that because it got to all of us, you know, it, it got into the head of all of us. We all said, God, is this ever going to end and what's going to happen and the restrictions and, you know, and, and it's very important for all of us to talk about that and how it affected people and how it had knocked people's confidence and things like that. Well, hopefully after the weekend passed and we saw the huge crowds here in Cork for the Jazz Weekend, that that did have a positive impact. And maybe uh, for those who were worried to go out, they'll see now people back out and about again, dressed up and, and bring a sense of normality to their lives and that it is OK to go out if they're feeling overwhelmed by everything that has gone on in their own lives in the last number of years. So for the moment, John, I appreciate you taking time out this morning to chat with us on the programme. Thank you very much, Jean-Paul. Thank you.
Thank you. That is Dr. John Sheehan there, a doctor based in Blackpool. A lot of people being in touch on that. First of all, Maura saying, I agree 100% with that speaker who is Dr. John Sheehan. I'm no social out of contact with the outside world, uh, says Maura. And she is a sad emoji next to that. So, and, you know, it is something that many people are feeling because Anne also on text says, Hi, John Paul. I agree with Dr. John. I lost some of my confidence during lockdown, but I decided to bite the bullet and get back to attending my local retirement group. I realised that nobody was going to do it for me, only myself. I am being careful with hand sanitising and mask wearing, uh, but I am getting back out there, uh, says Anne. While John says, yes, that is true. A lot of people are worried still about going out. Those lockdowns had a negative effect for many's mental health, uh, but you really do have to go yourself and get back out there but I agree with everything that Dr. John has said this morning on your show and uh, thank you for your text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and just on that social prescribers we mentioned there it's something that's expanding uh, not only across Cork City but also across Cork County. We're going to hear more about that later. Uh, Joe Heffernan will be discussing social prescribers after 12.30 on the show and we'll hear more about the work they do right across Cork. And what we mentioned there, uh, the social anxiety people have, uh, something I think we knew that was going to come down the line, that Ireland is going to be hit by a frightening wave of a delayed cancer diagnosis next year. And in some cases, it could be too late for medicine. Uh, this warning is coming from Antishok Michal Martin. It's coming from the Irish Examiner because Michal Martin told a private Fianna Fáil meeting that medical experts have warned him of a dramatically increase in cancer because of a delayed diagnosis. And this again is linked to the impact of COVID-19 on the health service because during the first wave, of course, of COVID uh, from March to May 2020, uh, there were strict limits in place uh, to do with travel and gathering but also a lot of areas in our hospitals closed so the A&E's emergency departments they remained open uh, and also certain areas remained open for those who were unfortunately in hospital with COVID at that time but there was a, a huge drop then in people who were presenting to doctors with concerns about cancer because you could not get an appointment with your doctor at that time and because of this and even I think uh, I could be corrected on this now but breast check that was closed, I'm sure, for most of 2020, as in uh, following the first lockdown breast check did not open up uh, in May. That was closed well into the summer. Uh, anyhow, uh, so just, just an example of breast check being closed. People can't get to their doctor. Uh, certain areas of oncology closed within hospitals. All of this now is lining up. And I think for the majority of people, it's no surprise that we will have uh, this next year in people who have cancer, who may have now gone too far with cancer uh, to receive medical treatment. Because if everything was closed like it was, uh, while Michal Martin has told party members the warnings from the medical profession I think a lot of us could already see that was coming down the line because of everything closed over the last year and how many people do we still hear from who find it tough uh, to contact their GP and then actually get in and see their GP due to GPs being under-resourced and also uh, due to the fact that you uh, first of all a lack of GPs in, in rural areas but also due to that you have more people moving to rural areas and then you have people who are going into their GPs 
GPs, which means you don't have the same capacity if there's less GPs in the area and it applies to urban areas as well. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. As I say, a lot of people could have seen this coming down the line because of more or less the closure of our cancer services for a period of 2020. Anyhow, your views are welcome. 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Our lines are open. Your views are welcome. 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And ahead shortly, we're going to be discussing traffic levels across Cork City and County, uh, which seem to be increasing more and more and people are getting in gridlock and getting frustrated at the traffic levels. Well, while the city is noticing huge increases, mainly, I think, because of the changes that they made along the city keys and you can turn right over St. Patrick's Bridge from the Merchant's Quay side. I think that's pushing a lot of traffic over to uh, various areas of the city centre, which then is increasing and we're led or we're, we're left with the backlogs that we see every single morning and indeed evenings. But outside then of the city, for those commuting, in a Shannon is the area where their frustration also hits and it was raised in the Doyle last week and the Social Democrats Deputy for Cork Southwest Holly Kern, she brought it up in the Doyle uh, to see if there's any hope of a bypass for Inner Shannon or where are plans at? Well, we'll speak with Holly shortly on the programme uh, but your views are welcome or you're, if you're one of those commuting or just simply getting sick of being stuck in traffic day in, day out uh, let us know, be that in Inner Shannon or indeed across the city centre or wherever indeed you could be you can call us on 0818 103 103 Bernie taking those calls or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and speaking of traffic if you're in the Mallow area the Park Road in Mallow that is flooded and it of course remains flooded following the heavy rain we had yesterday Uh, so no go there someone on WhatsApp is calling it Lake Road but no Park Road in Mallow it remains flooded in case your journey takes you that way if you're in the Mallow area and a lot of calls and comments in from what we were speaking about just before 11 with Dr John Sheehan uh, who's based at Blackpool Bridge Surgery and he has seen so many people who are coming to him who have been affected by the various lockdowns we had and the main effect he says is social anxiety people not going out as much as they used to and because of that then uh, and I've heard this from people who run local groups uh, in various areas of Cork and indeed of the country whereby they're noticing people who may be young you know 50s, 60s very young and they're basically they're physically deteriorating in front of their eyes they're walking around stooped they're not making eye contact with people and there's a real concern for so many out there because of the fact that they mainly locked themselves away for a long period of time and now trying to get back out again they're finding it tough so a lot of reaction following our chat with Dr John Sheehan Uh, And more on this, first of all, John in the city says the church he feels must take some of the blame. Uh, The government asked the churches to close during the pandemic. So they did, but they should have kept their doors open for the elderly people, feels John. The buildings are large, so there will be no problem with social distancing. And people would not now be afraid to get out there if they were able and kept going to the church during the lockdown, says John. And the buildings are are big buildings, but I suppose the church might say they were adhering to the rules. But I think a lot of people, John, would agree uh, with the large uh, presence you have in a church. Uh, Thank you for your call. And Colm then in Clonakilty 
he feels that the reluctance of people to socialise is all part of the social conditioning that includes drink, driving laws and also the price of alcohol. Whether people like it or not, he says it is the oil that greases the social cogs, says, good way of putting it, says column in Clonacilty on text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And while we speak about people not going out, the opposite of that, people wore out at the weekend and wore out for the jazz. And one of those was Brendan. Uh, Brendan and Limerick was in touch because he did go to the jazz. He went into a hotel in Cork City. He says he got two coffees one toasty and two plates of cheesecake and they were charged 45 euro for all of that which he felt was a bit pricey uh, so I'm not too sure if others uh, recognise that and I don't think it's to do with the jazz weekend uh, as if prices went up I think in general prices are just going up if you are going out for a cup of coffee or getting a takeaway coffee or going out as you did Brendan uh, for something to eat like a toasty and a cheesecake uh, people are noticing that and you'll see it more in in the bigger cities uh, such as Dublin and Cork. But then again, saying that, uh, I was in Waterford on Sunday night. Uh, one of my mates, he's getting married, so we had a stag. So uh, while they were there for the weekend, I just went on the Sunday because obviously I was here on, on Sunday morning. Uh, but when we got there, um, another one of the guys was arriving later as well and I don't know where he went now so it could have been a very expensive place but this fellow West Cork boyo decided to go off and get himself a burger uh, along with chips and I would presume an alcoholic beverage a pint or something but for that burger and chips and let's just say it was a pint uh, he was charged 33 euro for that which when he was telling us was we felt anyhow it was pricey and I was going to say for Waterford it probably is pricey for Waterford but for anywhere it would be pricey uh, so Brendan yeah I, I I think prices for going out anyhow certainly are on the up. And when I mentioned, I, again, I don't know where he went for that burger. It wasn't Supermax anyway, I can tell you that. It was someplace uh, far more expensive, but it just shows the cost of how things are going up when you go to or go out for something like that. Have uh, others noticed that? Well, Trish has a different side of things. Trish says, I was planning a trip away for the weekend for the bank holiday. Looking forward to it, but... We could find no place that was open or no place that was reasonable uh, to book, says Trish. And that is something a lot of hotels are closed. Uh, many have decided because of staff shortages, some hotels, not all, but some are choosing to house refugees instead of trading because maybe they'll uh, make more money that way. Uh, and if they can't get staff either, we'll, and we have actually a report coming up later in the show on that. So stay with us and we'll go into that in more detail. And thank you, Trish, for your text and WhatsApps to 86 and Billy is in Chambly Moor. This is to do with the water that went off in the Chambly Moor area on Sunday last. He says within 24 hours, the water was back on. Now, it was a big job, says Billy. So he wants to say well done to all the Irish water workers for working over the bank holiday weekend. While we are still getting calls, though, from those in Boherbui who have no water. And some people have no water in that area of Boherbui for the last 12 days. Well, we have checked in with Irish Water this morning. Um, they are looking into this for us and they will get back to us with some answer. Now, we've heard nothing back within the last hour, but when we get an answer, we'll bring that to you to what is happening with regards to the water or lack of water in Boherbui. And I mentioned earlier regarding, and you heard it there on news with Barry, the turf burning, which is now illegal and people who seemingly burn excessive amounts of turf could be jailed for two years under new regulations. 
that came into force yesterday uh, and this is uh, now how they can judge what is uh, a significant level of pollution but anyhow if it is causing a nuisance to your area or your neighbours uh, you could be fined or indeed you could uh, seek or get a jail term of two years while local authorities also then they're going to employ an individual to assess if turf or other fuels are being sold that are obviously are illegal now are being sold in premises and indeed if certain premises if they're selling these or if the emission from the fuels are causing pollution people can be fined and it's under this Air Pollution Act which is around since 1987 uh, maybe no one was enforcing it but now it seems they are going to enforce it so not a new act but uh, because of what's mentioned regarding the turf it looks like they are now looking into this act and it will be enforced but more is saying uh, good morning JP I'm laughing and crying at the turf Turf subject. Our skies are full of planes. We can't afford electric cars. I myself, says Maura, I have very bad arthritis and I have to use an electric blanket. Now, she feels if she was looking for an asylum, she'd have no worries uh, that Ireland now is becoming a sad country, uh, says Maura on WhatsApp to 0862103103. While Tommy says that they can't manage the road network, as in our local authority, how will they go around checking who is burning excessive turf from their homes? It just makes no sense, says Tommy. While Geraldine is in McCroom, she says it's amazing now with all our problems in this country that our local authority, if they wish, can monitor someone burning turf. If we were as concerned as much about these issues, the way we could be with housing, it would be much better. Our priorities are still still very wrong in this country and not only in this country says Geraldine in many countries across the world we seem to focus on the wrong issues yes climate change is a concern for everybody but I feel there is other bigger matters as well that we should be concerned about says Geraldine in McCroom and then hi to Michael who was listening to us about the living alone allowance and the, the wall is coming down the, the line I suppose uh, this week well first of all the electricity credits as well uh, and they're being given out from today onwards now it depends on your electricity cycle uh, but from today you will uh, be receiving your first of your 200 electricity credits and that leads to John in North Cork who says what is the point of the government giving people 200 euros towards their electricity bill John says when you look at the year bill there are several different taxes and levies so if they took those off, everyone will be better off. They are giving 200 euros out, but getting back 130 euros in taxes. And then, and that's a good point, John, there is so many levies and taxes on, on those um, uh, electricity bills. When you break it down and look at it, you'll see more and more on them and you really have to study your bill to see it. But you're also making a very good point there, John, and this is on what has the Ukraine situation and the Russian situation got to do with the price of milk, butter, sausages and rashers in this country. It's all, all home-produced And this follows a report that's in the papers this morning on how, uh, for example, chicken fillets, they have increased 20 pence, or 20%, sorry, over the last uh, number of months in this country. And also the cost of milk, cheese and bread, that has gone up. Uh, It seems now if you're shopping, you'll notice an average of, depending on what your weekly shop is, but it could be uh, higher than €8, roughly, uh, every month. It's going up and up and up. And at the moment, they reckon if you were shopping in January of this year, and now if you do your same shop this time, so you're shopping the first week of January and you're doing your shop now in the first week of November, it would cost 
cost you eight euros more. Uh, that is an average depending on what people get, but it just goes to show how much things are increasing by regarding the cost of living. Uh, and it's just something that uh, we'll have to live with, I think, for a while. I don't see any change happening uh, in the next while on that. Uh, just going back to Michael's comment, by the way, on the feud allowance, you're asking when the lump sum is, Michael. The feud allowance lump sum of 400 euros, that will be paid on November the 14th. So you'll receive that on the 14th of November. And hi to Jess in Glanmire, who is listening to us discussing there what Johnny said in North Cork about the electricity bills and why everything is going up like milk, butter and sausages when he feels they're all home produced. So why are they increasing? And then we heard from Brendan in Limerick, who was out and about for the jazz and he felt the prices were very high. Uh, And I was given the example of one of my mates who had something to eat from Waterford and just felt for a burger, chips and a pint uh, that it was dear at 33 euro. Well, uh, Jess says, uh, while JP, you're just talking there about the cost of living at the start of the show and outlining uh, the various benefits being paid to people and then the cost of living. It amazes me to say that we had over 50,000 people in Cork City at the weekend enjoying the jazz, all out and about, all out drinking, all out spending money. And while some may just go out to socialise and not spend a lot of money, others were. It was plain to see. I was out myself. Now, it was a great weekend and I really enjoyed myself. But I also thought when I was sitting in a park bar how come these people are not too worried about the cost of living says Jess we hear about it day in day out but yet every bar I was in at the weekend in Cork City had queues and queues to get to the bar Uh, so I do question the cost of living for some in society Uh, says Jess in Glanmire on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and some might argue that we should be able to go out and enjoy ourselves and maybe save or put aside money for that Uh, and like Jess is saying I suppose you could see Jess's point that if we are all talking about the cost of living uh, why then were the bars so busy at the weekend uh, and people could not get to the bar due to the uh, levels of crowd uh, that were in those bars anyhow your views are welcome on that and what Jess has said uh, let us know uh, you can call Bernie 0818103103 text or whatsapp 0862103103 C103 Jobs and on today's job slot, we have vacancies for a tyre fisher and a general operative wanted for tyres and light servicing in Dunmanway. You can call Martin on 087-212-5932. And a part-time worker is wanted for a dairy farm in the Mallow area. It may suit a student or a semi-retired person. You can phone 087-297-9018 or email dinorahaly at gmail.com. And a manager is required for a cafe and bookshop in the Beira Peninsula and you can send your CV via our website at c103.ie where you'll also find these jobs and more online now just go to the job section of c103.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 0818103103 Traffic is becoming a major problem in Cork City and County because the areas of the city are remaining in gridlock daily and commuters who travel via Shannon from West Cork to Cork City are also getting caught in jams and this was raised in the doll last week by the Cork Southwest Social Democrats Deputy Holly Carnes who joins me this morning Good morning to you Holly Good morning JP And thanks for joining us now, I know a feasibility study was carried out in 2019 for a bypass at Inishannon, but really nothing became of this since. That's it. And there's a desperate need to build an Inishannon bypass, but the community there have been waiting years for that vital project. 
Um, and of course, we need massive investment in public transport as well. But the reality is the N71 needs to be developed as the primary corridor uh, to access West Cork and even for public transport to use. And at the moment, Inishannon is basically divided into two with the amount of traffic and the tailbacks in the morning and the evening are only getting worse. Things like crossing the road is basically impossible, except where the traffic lights are. Um, and then it can take several minutes. And according to a response from the Minister for Transport last year, the route feasibility study was previously commenced, but was then suspended. Um, and the bypass is not included in the National Development Plan. So I raised it with the Taoiseach and he seemed unaware of the situation with the project, um, despite being somebody who regularly travels through in Shannon and, and he mentioned that. Um, but he said he'd get back to me and I've submitted PQs about the issue, but I'm none the wiser since I raised it with the Taoiseach during the week at the moment. And was there any chosen route in 2019 or had they a preferred route? Because it's going to be a difficult one to bypass. I presume they'll go north of Inishannon because you have the river uh, to the south, depending on where you look at it. So is there a cost reason here why it wasn't included in the National Development Plan? I suppose that all has to be part of the feasibility study and then it needs to go into a, a consultation process. And we know, you know, for example, with the, the situation that's similar in Bandon, that it's just taking forever. Um, so they're in the planning and design phase um, where the routes have been presented to the public for consultation. But that process is due to go on until late 2024. So, of course, the planning and the consultation aspect of it is essential. But I can't understand why those stages would take so long. And we're seeing the same with the flood defences in Bantry. But the fact that this seems to be shelved in Shannon means that we're not even at that stage with it. And, you know, that's up to the kind of the local authorities and the planning and the Department of Transport to figure out the best way to do it. And that's through engagement, you know, with the communities and the landowners and everything in the area. But we need to kind of hurry up and get to that stage, if you know what I mean, and, and where it's best suited. I think needs to come from that process. If like you know what I mean. Yeah, I can see in the text here people saying it's becoming unbearable getting caught in that gridlock every day. And I know at the start I did mention this that uh, Inishtana now being known as the new McCroom. And we also, how long McCroom uh, waited for a bypass. So, I mean, could Inishtana be realistically waiting 30 or 40 years for a bypass if they have to go through all those hoops and nothing has actually happened yet? I think if we found the political will and, you know, I think it, it might just need a bit more of a kind of a push. I think we really should be able to accelerate this project more quickly. And like you say, if it's not in the national development plan, it's hard to imagine it, but it's a matter of prioritization. And that's really just up to government if they want to prioritize it or not. And I think what we saw with, you know, the most recent budget was they wanted a kind of an election budget. Like it was a little bit for everybody and never kind of an investment in things like our roads, our public services. And that's a real shame. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time what the government do and the actions they take is a result of the public pressure behind them to do those things. So um, it's important to keep flagging these things and to keep raising it with um, the Taoiseach and the different relevant departments and everything, the, the Minister for Transport as well. But because, you know, obviously there's the traffic and that's the biggest thing in all of our minds when we meet that traffic and the tailbacks and everything in you know, Shannon. But also when you remove all of the cars from a town, I think that can have a really, really positive impact on it because it makes the area more sociable. You know, we spoke there about crossing the road in Shannon being so difficult. And, you know, you've got the kind of the playground on one side, which is a gorgeous public amenity in Shannon. But people, you know, kind of hang out there quite a lot. But to come into the town then, it's all cars. And if you imagine if there was less of them, it would increase you know, footfall in the area. It would become a place you'd be more likely to go and socialise, to meet up with friends, to bring your children. And with that increased footfall, that enhances the local businesses more. Um, and it just becomes 
a, a kind of a nicer place to be. And that same principle goes for all of our towns. And I think Clonakilty is a really good example of that with the kind of bypass around and the pavements have been expanded out into the street. It's really improved the kind of feeling and the quality of the town. There's much less dereliction and vacancy as a result of it. More businesses want to move into the area. And I just think we need to look at the bigger picture in relation to this. We need to kind of breathe life back into our towns and villages. And this is a really important part of that to make them more sociable and, you know, kind of more vibrant. And as you mentioned there regarding people crossing the road, uh, a person on text is saying uh, when it comes to Inishan and the problem this person feels is council planners giving permission for nearly 100 houses in Inishan and all these residents then they have to cross the road against the traffic. There's two sets of traffic lights in the middle of the village and they are the reason everything holds up. Uh, do they need to look at planning for the future or isn't it the national county development plan when you look at housing? I mean, there is a lot of new houses and new community in Inishan and which is welcome and you can see the vibrancy on the streets with many of the new businesses but then is that a knock on effect? I think it, it takes a long time to be able to cross there as well it, it, it holds both you know the traffic and foot um, but you know it's great people move into the area and um, it's great to, to have you know more amenities like stuff there for people what we need I think is more town planning you know it's short-sighted to, to build so many more houses in the area and not look at the impact that will have on traffic or, you know, the amount of people crossing, all of those different things. I think the answer is not to not build the houses. You know, we are in a housing crisis and we need to build them. The answer is in your, your listener, the texture there is dead right. There just needs to be a kind of a, a plan in place for that. If we're going to build more houses in the area, you know, we need to think about the knock-on effects of that and plan for it. Um, because it's awful then when you feel like you end up thinking oh well, I wish that housing estate wasn't there that's not the fault of that person that's the fault of a government with a, a failure to plan I think On the other side of that is that you just mentioned in Shannon and housing estates uh, there's new housing estates being built in towns like Bandon and Clonakilty who are also going through in Shannon so it's not just one area it's going to have a knock on effect so if they do build as that text I mentioned new housing estates and we touched on the county development plan do they even look at that I mean do they look at the knock on effects that if there's going to be three or four new housing estates in Bandon and with the cost of house prices in the city people are obviously going to buy outside the city and commute in but they haven't factored in Inner Shannon in that and it's, I mean it's obviously that's leading to uh, more problems for Inner Shannon and the, tra- and the traffic Yeah I think you're right to highlight Bandon as well because like it's another town just very close to Inner Shannon but a historical wall town with a really strong community and especially since Covid I think the infrastructure and outdoor spaces have really enhanced the area but then you have you know, all of the traffic uh, coming through the town, heavy goods vehicles and large vehicles being forced into the town because of the inadequacy of the relief road. Um, And I just, I mentioned it there briefly that we're now in the planning and design phase of that, where the routes have been presented to the public for consultation, but it's planned that that consultation process will go on until 2024. So of course it's essential the planning is done and that it's done in consultation with communities. I'd be the first advocate for that. But I just can't understand why it's taking so long when, you know, the area really is building up. There's so many more houses in Bandon now. Um, and and then there's, you know, several choices for that extension. And when you mentioned that which- that's the Southern Relief Road, is there any talk about the Northern Relief Road? Because there was maps proposed there a month ago or more in, I think it was Bandon Library, where they showed people this new Northern Relief Road, which is needed as well. Uh, but there's a long way to go on that, I presume, with CPOs. Uh, any, any date given on that? 
Um, th- they're saying that the consultation part of it won't be finished until 2024. Same for the Northern Relief Road. Oh, I don't know about the Northern Relief Road. For the southern part, there's the southern several choices of the extension, yeah. but most of them will bypass Old Chapel and kind of come out at the straight stretch kind of west of Bandon on the Clonakilty Road. Mm. Um, and it's up to the, the, the planners and the local community to choose that best route, but it needs to happen more quickly. And then there's also the issue of the really dangerous junction there at Baxter's Bridge on the Bandon, kind of the Enniskeen Road out on the Devanway side. Um, so there's a number of junctions around there that need immediate intervention and that should be done as part of those works it should be part of that consultation process and at present it isn't um so yeah i think you know when there's so many houses being built and that's desperately needed and like you say areas like bandon and shannon are great because you're kind of at the gateway to west cork and you're close enough to commute to the city and then you've got these towns that don't have enough public amenities like in bandon for example there isn't a swimming pool there isn't a cinema there isn't loads of the kind of things that you'd love to have in a community and there doesn't seem to be any forward planning in relation to that and to constantly just keep building houses in an area and not providing those things is a disaster and then you see communities have to kind of fundraise themselves to try and build a playground all of these things it's it's a real shame and i think we're missing out on so much potential in places like that because of its really prime location um and then when the area is just backed up with traffic instead and heavy goods vehicles flying through the town um it's just a real real shame and it doesn't have to be that way and when you mention the fact that you know they're i know they are fundraising and they have been for a while for that playground and abandon is it not then again going back to the planners like the texts are mentioned earlier and indeed government who look ahead and forward plan for a town and realize if you are going to build all these houses you're going to have families moving in so why can't they then plan for a playground plan for a cinema you know pull out commercial leases so that a cinema chain would be interested in moving to the area when they know the population will be there this is it. And I think when you think of it, it's really the bare minimum to want in your community to have somewhere for children to be able to go and play. And this, that isn't a kind of basic provision for the state is a real problem. And I think we're seeing this more and more in Ireland that the the, the obligation of the state is not being fulfilled. And then you see community groups stepping in to fill those gaps and then they get lots of praise and claps and pats on the back from people in government. But ultimately, they're filling a gap that the state should be providing. And that's a real disaster. And I think, you know, recently we saw, JP, all of the, the awards for the Tidy Towns and actually take this opportunity to say huge congratulations and shout out to Clonakilty and Roscarbury and Sherkin Island and those loads of places um, that did really well in, in West Cork. But also when you think about it and when you zoom out, it is the job of the local authority to kind of have general upkeep of the towns, to keep them a nice place for everybody to live, um, to keep them well presented, to do things like paint benches and provide bins and all of these things. And now we have this kind of um, competition where the community step in and do the work of the local authority. And then the local authority actually organise the award ceremony. And, yeah. you know, it's kind of, I think it's a really blatant, this is a blatant example of the state asking the community sector to step in and then they give them a round of applause. And it's great, don't get me wrong, I think the Tidy Towns is really important in many ways because it brings communities together and it's great to get people out and about like that. And they just do the most incredible work. But we see this on every level. So, for example, there's ARC, cancer. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about... Work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Support services where they try and provide, you know, like um, services for people to get wigs, emotional and, you know, counselling support for the surrounding community around a person who might be have a diagnosis, you know, the family or after a death in the family and they provide services like different medical treatments. That should be provided by our health service. But instead, there's a community group that stepped in. We see it with lots of um, disability support services. We see this time and time again. And it's this constant move of the government to leave things up to communities and the private sector. And then they just collect taxes and give them back out in payouts rather than actually investing in our communities, investing in our public services. And I think the result of that is that we end up moving even further to the right because people say, well, I don't want to pay my taxes when I don't get things back like the basics, the bare minimum of a playground, of good water quality, of wastewater treatment plants that are functioning and not causing a malodor in the community. There becomes a resentment around paying your taxes when you don't get those public services. But we see this more and more and more from Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil governments, that they just don't invest in those things and they give payouts at a budget instead always looking to the next election rather than the next generation. And I think we're really seeing and feeling the consequences of that continued failed approach, a real kind of failure to plan and look to the future and build communities. And this social contract be kind of diminishing between the public so you would say basically that the government, that the tiny towns and the likes of Ark House, that they're doing the work for free on behalf of the government in because they're not investing into local authorities and they're not investing into our health service and as the volunteers are picking up the slack. Exactly. And then we look at that, it's no surprise that they're not trying to build our communities in a way that there isn't just towns backed up with traffic. We don't, how can we look at then the fact that it's taking so long to have these relief roads into communities that need them? You know, it's not a surprise when you think about the general approach is not to plan ahead that far. They're looking at the next election all the time, not looking at investment that you see results for years to come because they don't get as immediate a kind of appreciation. And that lack of foresight has such a big impact on things like 
you know, relief roads in towns that are desperately needed. <laughs> but is that the politics and the nature of it? When you look at the UK and other countries, unfortunately, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be. But it is that once somebody, whoever they are, gets into power, they're looking ahead to the next election and, and they'll do certain things to keep them in power. But as we have seen, it isn't always for the betterment of society. I think with that, there's also, in my opinion, a real underestimation of the electorate. You know, it's kind of as if to say that we don't have that foresight or we can't see that far ahead and, and, and want something better for ourselves and for the next generation especially. Um, and I think that we're seeing that, that more and more people, you know, forever, female and female had 90% of the vote between now they can bury them together. So you're seeing a move away from this. People don't want that style of politics. It's moving further and further you know, destroying our public services, leaving everything up to the private sector, and we're really starting to see and feel the fallout of it. Irish water is a good example of that semi-privatised state. No responsibility for the fact that so many of our wastewater treatment plants, I see it in Belgooli and Shannon Vale and Kinsale, all over Cork Southwest, and nobody's responsible. Why? Because they've privatised it. And we're seeing this big move away from voting for those parties, and I think that's why. So it kind of seems like and feels like, oh, this is the obvious thing to do when we're in government. You know, short-sighted plans, let's this kind of payout, this one-off payment for that. But actually, when you look at the voting patterns and the move away from those parties, it's quite clear that they have underestimated the electorate, that the electorate wants something different, that they want to change an approach. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that when that day comes around. But back to Ina Shannon, a lot of texts and calls in. And we, I know at the start we did mention this, but for, for route-wise for Ina Shannon, was, I was doing, as I said at the start of the interview, there'd be a route north of Ina Shannon, depending what way you look at north, maybe if you're coming from the city towards Ina Shannon, because a lot of texts in are saying, can you ask Collie uh, to identify a route around the village? And is it actually possible? Because some people are saying it is, it's going to be impossible to bypass Ina Shannon. I, I'm not aware of it being impossible and I think that that feasibility study and the consultation in the area is the way to establish that. I don't feel like a TD like myself should kind of come in and make that call or decision on where it should be best placed. There's a process for that, you know, mm. engineers, the local authority and through public consultation. Um, I could speculate as much as anybody is where it would be, but I don't think that's helpful because I'm certainly not qualified to make those kind of decisions and um, on behalf of yeah, well, I would presume and, they'll, and go via, they'll go the Crossbury, well, not Crossbury route, but they'll go uh, that direction without going over the river. It would be cheaper rather than building bridges across the river that they'll go behind the Shannon as in behind the post office and, and that direction, I would presume. And, and the bypass will be further up beyond Webb's that's the only logical way I can see it happening and you're coming out then maybe uh, at another side of Bandon but that would all depend as you said on, on the money for the Bandon relief roads both north and south they would then have to be in place otherwise you're just bringing the backlog from Inishannon into Bandon um, before I wrap up Holly just one more text in here because we're mentioning Inishannon Crossbury as you're well aware now is also becoming a traffic hotspot as people avoid Inishannon any news or talks for road improvements uh, for Crossbury? It's something I'll raise with the department as well um, and to try and, you know, get an accelerated consultation in Bandon. But that entire area needs to be looked at and there needs to be a laser focus mm. on it. So um, I'll bring the Crossbury aspect of that into the, the kind of um, the questions that I'm asking and the pressure that I'm putting on. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and as you say, the more and more people that are moving to West Cork, it is having that knocking effect now where we're seeing towns like Bandon and Shannon having those tailbacks. For the moment, Holly, we'll leave it there. But a lot of calls and comments in on this. I'll get to those after the break. But Holly, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks a million, JP. Take care. That is uh, Cork Southwest Social Democrats Deputy Holly Curran. So your views on that, I mean, where do you think, uh, as people are looking to identify a route for a bypass for Inishana, many people feel it's impossible, where do you think the route should go? Uh, you know, as I look from, if you're driving from the city down towards Inishana, the obvious route would be to go uh, more or less behind the town, behind the church, but then you're going, you're bringing the traffic into an area abandoned where there's no relief road, and that northern relief road, as Holly says, while they've given and, and put out maps for this, nothing has been done and it's going to be beyond 2024 for the Southern Relief Road. So I don't know what route they would take, but let me know if you know. Uh, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We've had a lot more calls and comments on that. We'll get to those next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 And a lot of calls and comments in regarding traffic and first of all regarding in a Shannon that we were discussing there and my Michael says, just listening to Deputy Holly Kearns looking for a bypass for Inishanan, yes, it's needed, but Bandon is much more in need of a bypass as it's constantly gridlocked. All the roadworks around Bandon at the moment, it's just crazy. And also the works as you exit the town towards Cork have made that road so narrow it's causing problems. I witnessed an ambulance with blue lights and sirens stuck in that traffic where motorists had nowhere to pull in to let the ambulance through. It's just crazy stuff, says Michael on text and WhatsApp 0862-103-103 while Colm says JP, I can't see a bypass ever being done in Inishannon. If you go to the Transport Infrastructure Ireland website, you will see a huge list of road projects for the country and there is no sign of Inishannon or Bandon or even Killa and Castle Martyr who were promised bypasses 10 years ago and they're not on this list. On top of that, Eamon Ryan said not every project on the list will be done, uh, says Colm. While Johnny says, I agree, JP, I can only think of going up behind the village of Inishannon when it comes to a route for the bypass. That would be on the Crossbury side uh, of the village. But then are you leading to further tailbacks down the road? As with no bypasses in Bandon, the traffic then would just build up approaching Bandon if ever a bypass was to be built. Uh, Imelda says, I commute every day on this route, morning and evening, and it adds 45 minutes to my journey. It is very frustrating, in particular when I'm late to collect the children from the childminder. You cannot set a time when you'll be collecting your child and at least my child mind is very understanding but for others uh, not so says Amelda uh, she feels again the Crossbury side for uh, a route to bypass in a Shannon would be the alternative than going across in the river because she feels they're not going to pay for bridges so uh, that route via Crossbury would be an idea uh, says Amelda uh, while sticking with traffic Paul says be careful what you wish for I know Holly said that a bypass would lead to more community interaction in a village but Paul knows of areas in the country in the Midlands. He says that where he worked years ago, the motorways were built and he says that a bypass leads to less football in the shops and can be the start of a decline for many. If you look at those villages that once prospered with traffic going through them, many now are quiet with shops closed, says Paul. 
Eileen says if our roads were wider, uh, she would be happy with that. While Aidan says Inishannon isn't really a problem. Yes, it takes a few minutes to go through the beautiful village. It's along the N71 is where the problems are. It's just not wide enough and no passing out lanes from Bandon to Clonakilty. It's impossible to pass out to anybody if you get stuck behind a tractor, a truck or slow drivers uh, between Bandon and Clonakilty. And a lot of out of all of this, the one thing, the one theme that's going through all these comments is that the road, uh, the N71 and many of our roadways are not wide enough for the traffic these days. Uh, and many saying the N71, uh, which is the road via Shannon, but also right around down through Bandon, Clonakilty into Skibbereen. Uh, Mick saying, bring trains. No wonder there is traffic. They got rid of the trains. Uh, when Brian says, villages and the people of the villages in Inishannon, they is what make West Cork so special. If we continue to bypass all our villages and small towns in this country, we won't get a chance to experience and meet the people of those areas. Uh, while Martin says you can't bypass the gateway to West Cork. Thank you, Martin. Uh, some people would argue that Bandon is the gateway to West Cork, but maybe in a Shannon is as well. I'll leave that up to uh, people on text or WhatsApp to decide where is the gateway to West Cork? Where does that begin? Uh, is it Bandon or in a Shannon? Now, that's a Debate. Uh, text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or call Bernie on 0818103103 on your traffic gridlock problems, be that uh, via Inishannon and the need for a bypass for the village, or indeed, uh, like so many others we heard earlier on, those stuck in traffic in the uh, city keys and the city centre. Your views are welcome. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. It's Cork today, JPN until one. Bernie taking your comments now 0818103103 by phone or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and after 12.30 we'll be finding out more about social prescribers and indeed what they'll do for the community and for those who still may be slow to go out and socialise following those lockdowns as we discussed earlier in the show with Dr John Sheehan. More about those after 12.30 with our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan but a lot of calls and comments in regarding traffic and a big response to to the need for a bypass in in a Shannon. A lot of calls on this, a lot of people asking where the bypass would go. Uh, many in an agreement that are more than likely for cost reasons would uh, go on the Crossberry side of Inishannon rather than the other side which would involve bridges over the River Bandon so uh, many agreeing to that but uh, it's when that will actually happen and there's a no timeline as yet. A feasibility study carried out in 2019 basically went nowhere uh, so we'll have to wait and see if anything will happen as uh, we spoke with Deputy Holly Carnes who raised that in the Dáil last week. It's something that a move needs to be taken on soon but there's uh, no talk in any plans for one at the moment your views are welcome on that John says uh, on text he feels that there's a total disconnect with the powers that be and the ongoing traffic situations in towns and towns what they are enduring take Charnival for instance cars trucks bumper to bumper every day most of the time and then when traffic can move the speeding takes over and have no consideration for pedestrians says John on text and there's actually a piece this morning in the Echo 
on something we also mentioned earlier on uh, traffic jams in the city and across the city centre while people are facing uh, delays at Inner Shannon and the need for a bypass and what we spoke about Bandon as well the delays in Bandon and the need for the southern relief road in Bandon first of all to be completed and the northern relief road which many texters are saying I didn't even know we were going to have a northern relief road yes there was plans unveiled during the summer of this year and they showed the route but there's a lot more to go than just showing a map and a, a line through a map and they'll have to get CPOs, they'll have to you know acquire the land and then go and build and that will take a number of years but there, there is plans for a northern relief road for Bandon but when that will happen, no one knows and when I put that to Holly, even she's not aware of when the date will be uh, for that northern relief road but back to the city traffic and that article from uh, Katrina Devereux in uh, this morning's Echo some stories she has been hearing from people and wait for this. This is uh, people just going from one side of the city to another. Uh, somebody going from Glasheen to Glanmire takes them over an hour every morning. Somebody else she spoke to uh, took them one hour and 20 minutes to drive from Douglas to Middleton. And a person then who was waiting for the five o'clock bus to Passage West, the 5 p.m. bus arrived at 6.50 p.m. So 10 to 7, uh, waiting nearly two hours for the bus to arrive. And when it did arrive, it was full. Now, whether that person got on the bus or not, I presume that person did. Uh, but the point they're making and everybody she spoke to was making is you can fly to London in the time it can take people at the moment to drive 10 kilometres across Cork city centre and it seems to be getting worse and just leading to frustration as well. We've seen so many videos over the last while of people losing their cool while stuck in traffic and I suppose that's the last thing people want as well when they're stuck in traffic in other areas such as in a Shannon. Anyhow, your views are welcome 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and on the issue of turf we mentioned there earlier in the Irish Daily Mail we covered this earlier in the show uh, it's uh, people who burn excessive turf could face jail time of up to two years and this is under new regulations on the sale and use of turf that came in yesterday and uh, we heard from Minister of State for Sport and the Gale talk to Jack Chambers he says the new laws aren't aimed at people who cut or burn their own turf but then there is people out there who have bought turf many people have stocked up and I suppose their fear is now if they're burning their turf because reports say that if you're burning a significant level of air pollution and if it's causing nuisance to your neighbours then you can face that fine of nearly 13,000 euros or get a jail term and many are saying first of all who's going to be out policing this well it seemingly the local authority will employ someone to go out and police this uh, but also what do you describe or how do you figure out what is a significant level of air well in the last hour Deputy Michael Heaney Ray has been speaking to our news service on this and like we mentioned that act that air pollution act of 1987 it is there so under that act that we mentioned and under these laws that are in place people can be jailed or fined here's what he says the Air Pollution Act, a person can be fined €12,700. And, uh, and yes, they can face imprisonment. So his story is factual. And on older vulnerable people who might have gone to their local uh, shop to buy uh, turf or bought it uh, through whatever means they want, they're now facing the situation that this is now illegal. 
and he's right I mean that act is there since 1987 but because it's being policed now I suppose or enforced and because of the new laws uh, that are out from yesterday uh, people are finding what they've done in goodwill is now illegal and John and Clonacilty says JP I'm laughing here about being put in jail for burning turf in China they are building five new coal burning factories in Germany they are building a new coal run factory and the Americans have no rules in some states on climate change while we here in Ireland again are trying to be the best in the class it's one in all in says John in Clonacilty while Donan is uh, making the point about burning turf he says listening to all this carry on about the turf Putin would be put more smoke into the air in five minutes bombing Ukraine than Ireland would for a year uh, but there's no talk about the pollution being caused by Russia uh, says Donald and Jerry Inglanton says it's ridiculous that we have to listen to the Green Party rubbish every day and night on the media this tiny amount of pollution that is coming from Ireland in relation to other big countries is minuscule the five greens in the Dáil are dictating to everyone says Jerry that is why footpaths are bigger than the roads and the footpaths in Glanthon which costs into the millions uh, they are huge now they're being redone or done at this stage uh, there'll be no room for the cars anymore says Jerry and when they were expanding the footpaths in Glanthon there was over 6,000 signatures on a petition objecting to this but to no avail and that is something that was touched on when we spoke about the traffic situation people uh, were saying how in particular the N71 that the road first of all was too narrow uh, for the cars and the trucks on that road today that's the main route into West Cork but also how the footpaths as you approach Bandon now are getting wider which means the road is even getting more narrow Uh, so Joe you have a point there on that thank you for your views and then when it comes to energy prices and the cost of energy and everything increasing the credits of course the first of them 200 euros is in place from today and that will be coming off your November electricity bill or your December one whatever way your your electricity cycle goes but Martin uh, is in Mitchellstown he said he read his meter and he phoned his electricity supplier this morning because he got a bill for 125 euros this morning Uh, last year uh, it was only around no last time he got the bill so that would have been usually two months isn't it so maybe August the last bill he got was only 37 euros now he could not get through to them as there was a wait time of 50 minutes so he'll try again later and do Martin and and I presume the last bill you got it did say estimate on it so uh, or or else maybe the last one was correct and this one is an estimated one anyhow when you ring you'll you'll see that in your bill first of all so maybe this one is the estimated bill for the 125 and when you ring and give your meter reading hopefully that will sort things out for your next bill but yeah, uh, it, that, that's a huge increase. So I can only imagine this bill uh, is estimated, but uh, it's just showing how far our bills are going at this stage and how far up they're increasing. Thank you for your call, Martin. And best of luck getting through to uh, Electric Ireland is your supplier. I presume everybody is going to be ringing their electricity supplier to read their meter. Uh, or indeed, maybe you can go online and do that as well if you can go online. Or uh, is there an automated service? Maybe if some of them have an automated service where you just type in the meter reading from your phone. Uh, so best of luck if you're doing that. Like Martin is, will save you a few quid. Uh, Michael is in Waterfall. If we can help Michael because he applied to renew his free travel, he went into his welfare office in 
abandoned a few weeks ago, uh, but there's no sign of it as yet. So does anyone have the same problem with him uh, renewing his free travel? But there's a delay, uh, he feels. So if anybody is in the same boat as Michael, have you done that recently? Renewed your free travel, but haven't received it as yet? Let us know. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103, or you can call us on 0818 The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. And Shambali Moore Bingo is going ahead tonight at 8 o'clock. The jackpot is 3,050 euros in 49 calls or less. Everybody is welcome. And I'm Carol will meet this evening in the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs. Uh, that's tomorrow evening, actually, at 7.15pm Wednesday. All bereaved parents are welcome, regardless of the age of their child or indeed the circumstances of death. Uh, no registration is needed there. You just go along tomorrow evening at 7.15pm at the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs and Bandon GA Club have sadly learned of the passing of their esteemed vice president club member and dear friend Kathleen Canty and as a mark of respect Bandon GA Bingo on this coming Thursday is cancelled the bingo will resume on Thursday the 10th of November and uh, we pay our tributes and sympathies to uh, Kathleen's family a lovely lady she was in Bandon well known Kathleen Canty may she rest in peace Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818-103-103. And just staying with issues on water that we had earlier on in the show, first of all Mary says there is a leak in Donrail and there is no water in Loch Lee over the weekend. Uh, still the same, it's just shocking service, says Mary. Well, on that, we have contacted Irish Water on two issues. Uh, first of all, to do with the calls we got earlier in the show from Boherbui, uh, no water, water in a lot of areas of Boherbui. Some people onto us saying they have had no for the last 12 days. Now, while they are working there to repair leaks, and I'm not too sure uh, those who have been in contact with us if they're on one of the lines that is leaking and is that why they have no water uh, but the investigations continue in Boherbui and we're waiting for an update on Irish from Irish Water on what is happening in Boherbui but on uh, the concerns today from those in Donrell and indeed Botavid I can tell you the latest is that Irish Water only investigating supply disruptions to the Botavid and surrounding areas uh, which is causing problems then for those living in the areas when it comes to water so that is the reason you've no water in some of the areas of Butchavent and also parts of Donrell. And we will hopefully get an update on what's happening in Boherbui before the end of the programme. And as I mentioned, uh, the turf uh, before the break there, first of all, somebody on WhatsApp saying, so this is to do with the law that's been there since 1987. And remember, the, the enforcements for turf have been uh, brought in from yesterday. So what they mentioned during the summer, uh, those regulations came into force yesterday on the shops and garages not allowed now to sell turf. Well, uh, somebody here is saying on WhatsApp, since 1987, so you're saying there was a law in place uh, so in 38 years, people have been burning coal, turf and briquettes. So every person has broken the law. What are they going to do? Fine all the pensioners who were just barely living. It's the neighbours in the estates. If they complain, uh, well, then others will complain. But I'm sure neighbours living in a complaint that they won't all complain that they're living in the same estate. So surely people will be OK. Uh, well, you'd hope to think so. According to the articles today, this is story is coming from the Irish Daily Mail. Uh, and that's why there's so much talk about it. They're saying that local authorities would employ an individual to assess if people are burning uh, 
uh, more than they should be and if they're breaking the Air Pollution Act so that's what's in the papers this morning but uh, as you say I can't see people in a housing estate complaining about their neighbours burning excessive turf or maybe they might you never know depending on where they are or how they get on with their neighbours but that law regarding air pollution the reason why it comes more into effect today is because the burning of uh, the purchasing of of turf uh, from for example, if it's not your own turf, so if you if if you have your turf in your own land and you're cutting your own turf, you are okay. But you can't buy turf now in certain shops or petrol stations anymore, like it used to be, uh, as it's known as a prohibited fuel. Uh, so you can't buy that anymore. But if you're own land where the turf is, well, you're okay there. But then if you're burning it more, uh, that's where you could be caught with this law. All very confusing, uh, but it is the way things stand at the moment. So thank you for your one. And when we mentioned earlier, and this is what came up from Jess while we were discussing the cost of living and people you know, asking about the energy credits and finding it tough and the grocery bill going up. Jess was making the point that she was out across the weekend and she was questioning about the cost of living crisis when every bar she was in for the jazz in Cork City was packed. You had to queue nearly 15-20 minutes for a drink, which is understandable, she says, for a weekend like it was. But I did ask if people are so worried about the cost of living uh, with over 50,000 hitting Cork at the weekend uh, is, there, is there really a crisis? And that was Jess asking that earlier on in the show. Uh, and we had a few various people on to us uh, following that. But uh, one more here. And uh, this is from someone, I'm not too sure if they were out or not, but they were saying that Cork was great. But this person feels it's the working people that are going out. Uh, this person's on social welfare and she can't, or she or he can't cross the road. And my money is going into one hand and then it's going out on the other hand on bills, says that texter. And, you know, People who are working are saying the same thing, regardless of how you're receiving your money. But workers are in a similar boat. Anyhow, uh, thank you for your WhatsApp to 0862103103. And also, we had a lot of calls and texts regarding people who were looking to go away for the weekend, could not find any accommodation. And one of the reasons is uh, hotels, which are there, were opened, have closed. And many of them, uh, people felt they were you know, choosing to take in refugees rather than opening for tourism. Well, on this, hoteliers have said that staff shortages is one of the main reasons hotels are choosing to house refugees instead of trading. And this comes as the Taunashta has said a difficult spring and summer is on the cards for those in the tourism sector. Well, our reporter Aoife Kearns has more on this. Increased airfares and the cost of living crisis were among the reasons Tanisha Leo Varadkar gave when asked why he thinks the tourism industry is in for a rocky 2023. He said the 39,000 refugees currently living in hotel accommodation is not the only problem. You would think it likely that next spring and summer won't be as good for the tourism sector as maybe we hoped it would be. But I wouldn't discount the fact that one of the biggest difficulties that the sector has is finding staff. Uh, still, when I may pe- meet people in business, whether it's Dublin Chamber or Dungarvan Chamber, finding staff is as big an issue, if not a greater issue. Patrick Tracy, General Manager of Tracy's West County Hotel in Ennis, says this shortage is one of the reasons hotels entered into contracts with the government. What would have, I think, at least pushed people to do was staffing. Staffing was very difficult to get. You know, the Ukrainians come in, they, they take up some of the rooms, but there's not a lot of work involved. While West Waterford hotelier Aidan Quirk from the Round Tower Hotel in Ardmore believes many of the businesses accommodating refugees will continue to do so. 
I think those contracts will more than likely be renewed because I can't see any end to this war in sight in the near future. According to the Irish Examiner, 360 of the hotels housing refugees will need to renew their state contracts by December, with many expected to seek an extension. Aoife Kearns reporting there on how and as you heard hoteliers are choosing to house refugees instead of trading as a hotel and one of the reasons uh, why so many who were looking to stay elsewhere or maybe stay here in Cork for the jazz at the weekend could not get a hotel as many now choose to to, to house refugees and one of the reasons there was staff shortages and you know the costs as well of running a hotel when you see uh, hoteliers and all businesses uh, tweeting ESB bills uh, for such a huge cost uh, you can maybe understand why they're doing that maybe not your views are welcome 0818 103 103 text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 someone on whatsapp asking is air the air coverage down in the Bantry area uh, there was problems with air this morning they seem to be rectified now maybe not in Bantry where you are anybody uh, let us know if you're in the area and you're having uh, problems with air as well in the Bantry area we'll contact them uh, but I do know that there was uh, problems for some this morning if you are on the air network we'll get in contact with them and see uh, if there is a specific problem to do with Bantry. Thank you for your WhatsApp. But on the way, we will be discussing social prescribers. What indeed are they and um, how more are going to be working in communities across Cork? We'll speak with our show councillor, Joe Heffernan, next. And our regular show councillor, Joe Heffernan, joins us as usual on a Tuesday. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, JP. And this is something we touched on earlier when we spoke to Dr. John Sheehan. He mentioned about social prescribers, which were new to areas of the city and expanding right across Cork at the moment over the next number of weeks. And I was surprised, well, I wasn't surprised, but uh, we got uh, taken back by the amount of people who contacted us, Joe, who, following the lockdowns of the last two and a half years, felt themselves, they admitted, they lost their confidence, they haven't gone out as much since, and they feel like their life has been curtailed all from what they experienced over the last two and a half years and it was Dr John Sheen who saw this himself in his practice from people calling into him and he raised the issue and you know it is something that people are experiencing given the level of calls we got this morning so I mean Joe just explain first of all what these prescribers will do for people and, and what is behind the concept Okay, well, um, uh, the uh, social prescribing, when I heard that term at the start, I was wondering, what does that mean with prescribing? (laughs) But um, I was talking to uh, Edna Foley of the the North Cork um, social prescribing. I'll have a number, if if people want to have a pen ready, um, I will have the numbers um, a little later on for the North Cork area, uh, the East Cork area, the West Cork area, the city and Ballincollig for the the local link worker for this service. Now, um, my understanding then was that, like, for example, like a doctor would prescribe maybe a medication for um, uh, an ailment, um, a physical ailment, we'll say. Social prescribing uh, following a consultation with the link worker uh, would be um, uh, prescribing a service that might be, that would be of benefit to the person uh, who, uh, to whom the link worker was speaking. In other words, like, 
is, is, uh, social prescribing links people into sources of support within the community. Um, now, uh, what might get prescribed might be a hobby, a social group, a physical activity, an educational course, a craft group, an online activity, information that's needed by the person, a support group, counselling, whatever. Whatever the, uh, the consultation with the link worker would suggest as being helpful to this particular person. Now, as I say, I have a number for all the areas covering Cork, but for example, the local area where I live would be the North Cork area, and that would include Mallow, Charleville, Canturk, Butterfront, Mill Street, Newmarket, and such surrounding areas. So, um, uh, th- th- that's basically um, wh- what it means. Um, and uh, who, who would be likely to benefit from this? Well, it's for people who will say who want to get back into living uh, with other people, getting back their quality of life, um, meeting new people which may well have fallen into decline um, uh the activity of meeting people uh, during uh, the COVID um, uh, time. Um, uh, helping people to get more active, maybe to manage an illness, maybe to improve mental or physical well-being. Um, and all a person has to do, it's free, is ring the number uh, and uh, have a chat with the link worker very probably arrange um, a talk person to person um, in this local area now, for example, that would be with um, Etna Foley in um, uh, Lekela in, in, in Mallow Town. Um, for example, uh, the other areas will have a centre um, uh, very like that, whether it be West Cork, East Cork, the city, Bellancolic, or, or, or whatever. So, um, And Joe, when you mentioned there about prescribing, and it is called social prescribers, yeah. uh, is it that you can self-referral as well as that welcome, when you mentioned prescribing for tablets, as you compare it to a GP, yeah. you go to your GP yeah. and then they will prescribe you X, Y, Z. But yeah. are self-referrals welcome for this? Absolutely. Self-referrals are most welcome. Now, it may be actually that um, it could be a healthcare worker or, or a GP or anyone else might suggest it to a person. Um, if I'm speaking with a person in my own practice um, and if it occurred to me that, um, do you know what, this person could really benefit now from a chat with the, um, with the link worker for social prescribing, um, well, then I, I would give them the number and, and say, maybe give that a ring. You might. Um, that's completely up to the person whether they'd like to or whether they, or, or, or whether they would choose not to. But um, uh, you, you know the way, um, as you were saying earlier there, and I think as um, uh, Dr. Sheehan might have said about, people have kind of become a bit isolated. People have got out of touch with as we'll say, other people. And that's not a healthy um, uh, phenomenon. Um, It's 
uh, you know, people need people. Um, and this is um, a wonderful um, prerogative, really. It's, um, it's uh, you know, a great idea. Um, it's a great service the, huh? a great service Joe because so many people and it's just part of our human nature if you were taken away from an aspect of your life we get very settled with a new aspect and if you can't go out and with the various lockdowns we had you decide in an evening you're going to sit down and watch TV yeah. or do something else and not meet people when you can go out then some you can lazy is the wrong word but you can get relaxed and feel oh, I have to get up now and put on clothes and get out and a lot of people uh, following our reaction from Dr John this morning are in that way where they can't motivate themselves to get out again Absolutely, we'll just call it bad habits and um, uh, this is part of the Cork Kerry Health and Wellbeing Community Referral Project and obviously it would have been inspired by exactly the kind of um, situation or situations that we're talking about Um, you know, uh, I, I've heard one or two people saying, um, I can't remember whether it was um, on the radio program or where, but that, you know, the old habit of, you said it there a while ago, the habit of getting dressed, um, combing the hair, uh, you know, having a shave, getting ready to get out there and meet the people um, uh, can become... Um, uh, you know, something that is being neglected. Um, and uh, maybe the pyjamas um, stay on for uh, most or even all of the day. And we need to get out of that. We we absolutely, that is not where to live, as you and I and our listeners well know. Uh, and this is a um, very well-run uh, way of um, of breaking that habit and getting back out there. And when you meet the link worker, they'll understand this and they'll realise the need for you, first of all, and what will be the suitable activity or process for you regarding a timeline of getting back out there. Totally and precisely. That, um, uh, you know, the activity could be um, uh, something to do with um, uh, an an actual physical activity. Um, There's a, a cousin of mine, um, who uh, joined a group um, uh, in Fermoy uh, called Singing for the Brain, and uh, she has found it to be fantastic, um, loves it, um, uh, goes in, meets this uh, group, um, a, a pretty big group, and, um, you know, they do uh, choral singing, individual singing, uh, poetry reading, this, that, the other, and... Um, has found it to be absolutely brilliant um, uh, for, for, for my cousin. Um, it's a way to make new friends. It could be a way, JP, to learn a new hobby, um, or it could be a way to return to an old one that has been neglected in, in, during all this COVID thing. Um, it could be um, a way of um, joining a group that would mean being more physically active. Um, uh, It it could be um, a way of enjoying better mental health. Uh, It it could be a way in general to feel healthier. And um, it could be indeed uh, to deal with specific problems. Like if a person um, had a financial problem 
um, they might be, they would be directed to um, uh, uh, institutions or organisations that could help with that. So, in other words, like, in general, uh, it would be, um, uh, the person would be directed following um, a, a, a nice, long uh, conversation with the link worker. And what would emerge from that would be that the experienced link worker in the situation would um, uh, have these resources and contacts uh, at his or her fingertips and could say, do you know what? Maybe it would be a great idea to get in touch with this organization or this group or whatever. And then the person having tried that out for a while would have another conversation with the link worker, basically um, with the agenda of how is it going? Is that working for you? Um, so the, the, the whole thing really would be based on living better um, um, with, with long-term uh, health um, benefits. Um, and is and there a cost to this, Jill? And there is no cost. There is no cost. Now, if a person were to be directed to something um, like what I think of, um, say, um, I'm trying to think of something with material, say a sewing group. Yeah. Um, well, then there could be a little tiny cost in it of um, getting the, the, the materials for that. But um, the usual would be no. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to join a walking group. It doesn't cost anything to join a singing group. Um, 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 I, I, I hope now I'm not cutting it down too short. With yeah, that no, I think list. it's it's more or less the link worker. We you don't pay for meeting a link worker. It's it's after that then any activity. If there is a cost, that's the activity itself. But for just going along to meeting this link worker who's part of the uh, social sub- sub- prescriber, you don't pay that person. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, it could be a hobby, it could be a they, social Yeah, they, they refer where, where to it, go after that. Yeah, 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 it could be a physical activity, it could be a craft group, um, you know, um, it, it, it could be any one of, uh, I suppose, a dozen or more things that the, uh, uh, that the, uh, the, uh, the conversation with the link worker would sort of, as it were, indicate where this person might benefit most from. Well, Kathleen has sent a text in and it's very like what Anne uh, sent in earlier on. Uh, she is delighted, first of all, that this idea is here. She said it's needed. A lot of her friends are in that situation whereby they don't go out as much as they used to and they're gone old before their age from staying inside and not mingling or talking yeah. with their peers. She said she was similar, though, and she did lose a lot of her confidence. But in the summer of this year, she decided to go along and more or less bite the bullet and get back out and start at attending a local group that she used to before the lockdowns uh, she realised that no one was going to do it for her and that she would have to do it herself and if she's afraid yeah. of picking up a disease or anything she says I am careful you know I, I hand sanitise as much as I can uh, I'm careful about where I'm going but again I am getting out and about and it's I find says Kathleen it's fantastic for her mental health and I can be buzzing some evenings when I come home so that's a good sign from Kathleen and that's something she's done off her own back uh, so 
for people who do Brilliant. want to uh, be like Kathleen, uh, the numbers then for these social prescribers in the right. various areas of Cork, Joe, you have them there. Yeah. Well, the, the as I said, the local one, North Cork, um, based in Mallow, um, uh, the link worker there is Etna Foley, who contacted me about all this. Um, uh, the number there is 087-7193257. Now, the number for West Cork would be 083-1491543. The number for East Cork, which is Middleton-based, would be 85 25320. The number for the city would be 087-1207-410. And the number, for example, for Ballancolig area, which is a big area, a town in its own right, uh, 85 And, of course, you have those numbers now, and I have them here if anybody wanted to... um to yeah. get in touch with us if people want to, yeah if you want to ring us here if you didn't pick that we have the numbers here and we can pass them on to you it is a great service Joe and I think it is needed uh, considering the reaction we got when we touched on that earlier this morning there is people who are uh, feeling less confident than they were so hopefully this service will be used and will help people uh, to get back out and enjoy their lives once again for the moment Joe thanks for joining us and we'll chat to you next Tuesday you're very welcome, JP. Take care. That is uh, our show counsellor, regular counsellor on the show. He's an accredited counsellor. He's based in Boherbui, and you can contact Joe on 086-834-8145. And Joe Heffernan will be back with us on the show next Tuesday. That's it uh, for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy, who produced. We're back with you again uh, tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. Uh, more on the turf burning because of a lot of calls and comments and emails that didn't get to on those. We'll get back to that on the show tomorrow morning, but we will get back to those comments from uh, the show today on Turf Burning. Your views are welcome. You can email across the show and across the afternoon even. Cork today at c103.ie A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.